0: I'm Steve McKenzie and you're listening to Sat Your Day Radio. Okay, folks. Yes.
1: What's up, everyone? You're listening to Saturday Radio. My name's NKNX. A-Bar. And we got another spotlight today. And today we're going to be talking about how to become a printmaker and some other stuff
2: with Steve McKenzie. What's up, Steve?
0: Hey, howdy, Anthony.
2: (laughs) Hey, how's it going? Good. (laughs) uh, We just missed the rain. Well, we beat it. Oh, all right.
0: Well, you know, yeah. you know, it, luck is on our side. Yeah, it's been, it's been kind of a raw weekend. <laughs> yeah, it has been that. To the weekend, you know, we'll you know we'll take a little bit of uh, hydration to help the, uh, the fall the flowers, and the fauna. The yeah, fauna, they to bloom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> a little shower. It won't for last. Some it won't last long. It's gonna. It's gonna. You know, it will all start to uh, dry out and begin to flower. Yep. And uh, how you been, Steve? What's going on? How's your week going? Well, it's going really well. It's been a. It's been a, well. It's just we got. It's Monday, so um, you know, it's the start of uh, of another week of some jobs. I, I do a lot of moving for um, artists and.
1: Um, yeah, why don't you tell everyone a little bit out there what what you would do right <clears throat> now and, you know, where you are.
0: Um, well, I well so um, you know. I guess what I could say is that I think of myself as a, something of a, a roustabout, jack of all trades, uh, and um, you know, uh, someone who likes to uh, work with a lot of materials in my hands. And um, you know, if we're talking about like, like, if the idea is that we're talking about like how to be, or, you know, how to become a printmaker. Mm-hmm. Um, well, the the you start by really liking process. That's that's really what it's all about, because that's what printmaking is—is is it's process. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. you know you start with an idea, but you have to go through a variety, uh, a number of steps in order to ultimately, uh, you know, achieve your your uh, your your image. Right. Yeah. Um, as far as like you know, um, say. If you're doing an etching, uh, you have to start with a metal plate, and it requires uh, preparation, and then it requires drawing time, and then after that it requires etching time, and then after that it requires wiping, inking and wiping, and then finally printing it, and then... Mm. Do it all over again <laughs> about 159 times before you finally like reach what it is you you're really wanting. Like, now some can be you know. And of course, I'd be a little facetious on that. But but essentially, you know, printmaking is just about like over and over and over again that you 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 work with the materials mm-hmm. to you know create your 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 work and your image. And um, you know, it's, it's and And you have to really like that process that and that was what always drew me to the process that was what really drew me to the process in the first place was just the the uh, the work because mm-hmm. um I guess I'm sort of always been a working man uh, blue collar really you know it's you know the, that that's been my you know sort of my my life is you know I started out you know uh, you know at an early age uh, doing paper routes and then graduated to working for my dad in his business and then going out to the Jewel Nursery in Lake City Minnesota and balling trees for like forty cents a tree and just like just like working like a maniac so it's like. You know, then, you know... Go. Always working. Always working, right. <laughs> always working, yeah. So, um, and, you know, and I've always identified in terms of that. That's that's sort of my my um, identity, you know, as, yeah. as, a, as, a, as a working man. You it's know? funny. People <laughs>
1: like that, their, their first jobs are always like paper routes yeah like yeah. paper routes always the, like the first job
0: paper out was my first job <laughs> i got paper out boy of the year of my third year so <laughs> I, I still have the little yeah. little emblem <laughs> that i was given you know you were hard with it yeah
2: i, I don't know whether i just can't I, I can't see you working in an office
0: well um, um, did, did you ever um i was um i guess Okay, I guess as close as I might have come to an office job would be when I was working at the Newark Museum. Okay. Where I was there for twenty one years as um, um, in their education department. Okay. Um, but it wasn't like like that it's like a whole different, you know, scenario in the uh In the museum versus like a corporate, quasi corporate, yeah. But you know, but and where I was, where I was in the museum, um, I was in sort of my own little, um, like little area, which was it was called the arts workshop, and so, you know, it was the area involved with uh, adult courses, adult programming, you know, in the arts, right? So, um, you know, so I would plan. I would plan the, uh, uh, the the program of classes and workshops um, right. for three seasons: um, spring, summer, and fall. And then uh, during the winter time, the studios became um, artist residencies. Oh. So, uh, but I, I loved, you know. So, um, so I guess as as you know, t- you know, we talk about like you know, working in an office. It was an office, and I was working in the office, but it never felt like that. You know, it mm. always felt like, you know, I'm sort of in my own little world, and I was, you know, always, you know, like like working with like artists who were teaching, and and the students coming in, and it was a it was a it was a wonderful job. I, I, I was there 21 years. I loved it, wow. and I never and it was like never. It's like. I have to say, I, honestly, I really—I never had a bad day, no matter how. how, how it's like I always felt like I really lucked out. truly i did i really lucked out i probably today would not be you know (laughs) the way things are i don't think that i'd be there but but back in the early 90s it was different so and that's when i started i started in 92 and then wow uh, went for 21 years and then got laid off in 2013 because the museum had money problems that was also when the um the recession really really crunched right mm-hmm. i mean there was you know the mm-hmm. recession of uh, of oh eight nine, and then but by the it finally hit newark and crunched the museum like around 2011 2012 and then 2013 so oh, yeah but uh anyway
2: yeah what was your, one of your most memorable like um programs that you created there
0: um i'd say um hmm uh probably uh, maybe it was glass blowing with the Wheaton uh, village uh volunteer glass blowers and um you know these guys um there's four of them and they have a a, a portable setup for glass blowing and they you know they go out to a lot of festivals so um I managed to um entice them to come yeah. to the museum and So this was way
1: before Glassroots, and
0: Yeah, Yeah. mm -hmm, it was exactly. Mm -hmm. I mean, Pat, I know Pat, the woman who started Glass Roots. She was, you know, she knew about Wheat Village Volunteer glass blowers, and she had always was wanting to do that. But yeah, it was right way before that. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, So that was that was really one of the most memorable, you know, uh, you know, programs that I. That's
1: uh, a really cool uh, skill. My mom just went to Glass Roots and. You know, told me the whole process yeah. and everything. Okay. It's really like,
0: yeah, yeah. It is. It's very dynamic. Um, it's very mesmerizing, hypnotic, hard work, and hard work. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, and and also, I mean, you you have, you know, the 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 learning of the of the craftsmanship of it of the. Of being ambidextrous, you know, in terms of handling the, the tools as you move the, the shaft. Yeah, and timing, <laughs> and timing, timing, and everything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's a pretty amazing. Uh, how
1: do you, but how do you end up in Newark?
0: Oh, like, how... how did I end up in Newark? Okay. Um, I guess I might have to say, hmm, oh, I guess I would have to say by, by, by um, having met someone who was working at the museum. But at the point when we met, um, I was uh, working as a uh, administrative director at the Printmaking Council of New Jersey. Her name was Benita Wolfe. And uh, Benita and I collaborated uh, on a a program for the Montclair Art Museum. Um, And then, oh, probably maybe six months after that, she called me one day to say, hey, the director of the arts workshop, supervisor, was retiring, why don't you apply? So Mm -hmm. I said, well, okay, sure, you know. And um, I, at that point it, I'd been about two years into this position at the at the printmaking Council of New Jersey and you know I was ten dollars an hour for 28 hours, but I really worked like 60 hours because that's what I had to do in order to get the work done
2: but Jeez.
0: Uh, yeah yeah <laughs> yeah but in any case I you know, so I made application, and, um, you know, the the interview that I had, um, the first interview was with um, the director of the education department, Bonita, and then the, the supervisor. And really it was more or less just sort of like s- sitting around and just talking. And I think, you know, I think what maybe might have prevailed in terms of my selection for the for the job was the fact that in addition to, like, my degrees, I had, uh, by, at that point, I had three degrees. I had a bachelor's and then two master's degrees. Um, I also had a really, like, um, uh, wide diversity of, of jobs that I had, um, you know, done in the past, and... Um, and also because I was also um a an active artist, so i I think I was able to check a number of boxes for them in terms of like my um you know my qualifications okay mm-hmm. plus you know my two years as um as administrative director at the Printmaking council was was helpful, but I had never really um taken any courses or classes in arts administration. It had all been on the job. And even mm-hmm. my job at the uh, at the Printmaking Council, I got that job because one night I was in a board meeting, I was on the board, I was in a board meeting, and the director at the time just up and quit. And everybody's like in a quandary about what to do, and at that point, I'm like... I'm I'm, do I'm doing yeah <laughs> it's like I was I was doing what they call a man with a van type of job right hauling mm-hmm. these this like ton of medical supplies all over the tri-state area like working 12 to 15 hours yeah, a day with my own personal van and just like knowing that this was not going to end well I just <laughs> knew it and it was just like this was like it was just like the the bolt of lightning just l- struck, and I said, "Yes, how about this, folks? Give me the opportunity to be the director for six months, and then if you like me, great. And then if if you don't, all right, we'll say goodbye. You know, mm-hmm. back to the van, back to van. So but but um, the what ha- I was able to then, um, but so essentially, I just began to. Um, by way of like starting to, do, I just started making calls to people and talking with people, and finally like getting the idea of how things work and how things run and things like that. And I, you know, the big job was securing a matching matching funds for a Dodge Foundation grant, which was ten thousand dollars, and and the the organization had about three months to do it, and. Um, Essentially, I led the effort to finally uh, obtain that money, and and pretty much secured my myself as the there. Yeah, as yeah, the position there. Yeah, huh? yeah. <laughs> Basically, after a while, I was, I really, it's like you know, I became chief cook and bottle washer. That was that's what, you just you did everything. Yeah, you know. So and but I enjoyed it. I, I enjoyed it and and. You know, but I could, you know, I could see that there was a little bit of handwriting on the wall that I don't, I was, you know, like after about three or four years of the same thing, I was going to be like maybe wanting to like move on. So mm. this call from my friend Benita that... Perfect ultimate, timing. Perfect timing, yeah, to, you know, land me this position at the Newark Museum. And like I said, that was where I stayed for the next 21 years. And it was a it was a great job. I loved it. And, wow. Uh, so, yeah. So... Wow. So, did you like study
2: printmaking like in, in college? Because you mentioned like you had, you know, a degree and two masters. Yeah. So wh- wh- what were they in? Like, were they specifically all in art? art? All in art. All okay. in art.
0: Okay. <laughs> Even, yeah. I did take a few education courses, but um, along the way, I had a kind of an experience that just told me that I didn't think I really wanted to. Go into teaching at that point in life. I just decided I'm going to try to make it with art, one way or another. That was that was my objective. So, mm-hmm. um, so yeah. So it's all been in art. And, um, and what year know, was this? Uh, well, okay, my um, uh, my undergraduate years were '69 to '73. Uh, my first uh, master's was like uh, 75 to 78. And then my last uh, master's was with uh, Rutgers at uh, Mason Gross in New Brunswick. And that was from 82 to 84. So, um, and then, of course, that's then where I'm, I met my wife and, um, you know, so
2: was that like a sought after like you know degree was it popular back then you know like i'm just imagining it not being as a you know a run to degree at the time
0: um you mean the 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 MFA mm, yeah um, well it was it was a degree i felt that i needed to um uh I, I needed to pursue and, um, you know, obtain just because I, I had early at, at, at that point was thinking, okay, I'd, I'd want to go teach somewhere uh, at a college or a university. And so, um, you know, so that's, at that point, you did need that what they call the terminal degree the mfa mm. in order in order to really you know to to teach to basically be credentialed to teach at a college or a university but later later after i obtained that uh, that degree and began to try to you know uh, pursue teaching degrees teaching prospects I came to be somewhat disenchanted by the whole process, plus the fact that um, many of the positions that were available were in other parts of the country. Mm -hmm. And I decided I didn't want to go to another part of the country. I just wanted to stay east and like be here and like say make it to mm-hmm. whatever degree, you know. That was what I really decided I I wanted to do. I, I you know, there were, you know, there a, a number of teaching opportunities, you know, around the country and they would have been great. But I just felt at that moment in my life plus at that point I I was you know we you know we you know I was beginning my 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 married life and 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 just the just, just didn't really want to like go anywhere else mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. so basically I just said I'm going to stay east and I'm just going to work it out because um, I mean I mean what it is is it really my my um, early years are um, Back in Minnesota, which is where I am from, okay, and so I, I, um, I often like to talk about how I arrived in the East by saying, by way of Rome, which was the fact that I spent a year in Rome on, with in, in um, with the program with the Temple University Tyler School of Art program, okay, and. Um, that was a great experience and I really loved it, but I had I guess you might you might say it's too good a time. <laughs> <laughs> and um well <laughs> basically I flunked out. <laughs> oh shoot. Yeah. Um the the Tyler program was intense and you were only allowed to have um uh like a, like maybe 2 C's worth of grades for your first year of graduate mm-hmm. school and yeah real strict yeah really and yes. so um Art history turned out to be the, my, my, what we say is my downfall because of the fact that um, I just couldn't get past getting C's in art history, and, and, and that sunk my ship, basically. Wow. <laughs> yeah. I'm surprised. <sighs> I would think...
1: You know, yeah, you would do really well at that. Yeah, I would think that's something you would be interested in. <laughs> yeah. I was.
0: It was. It was it was the but the particular circumstances were that um, there was this there was this instructor there and you know, I recall her name, Flavia, and she was she was English but she was really tough when it came to writing and i guess i just quite didn't get on the right boat if you will with regards to like how to write a art history paper to the de- to the degree that she was wanting right so <laughs> I tried I really did school, I mean I gave, it, I, gave it it, I gave it I gave it my best I gave it my best but it just just you know I just so anyway <laughs> after after I you know after i basically flunked out uh, I decided that you know after I was returned to Minnesota I decided I, it was time for me to have to go for a wider horizon, so I decided to um, move and, and go east. Yeah, and, New Jersey's a nice place. Yeah, I, <laughs> I, I spent a year in Philly. Okay, I spent a year there, and I, I enjoyed my Philadelphia experience. Um, but then I di- reapplied. I reapplied to all the, the, the graduate schools uh, it, sort of out on the East Coast area, here, and I actually got back... I got reaccepted into the Tyler program, uh, you know. But um, I, I sat in, you know, but I also, like, when I checked out the Rutgers program, Mason Gross, which at the time was in this really g- great down, downtown department store. It used to be, I think it used to be called Newberry's. In any case, it was... And I love the, the free, sort of the free experience that seemed to be going on there. I mean, of course, it was, it was the uh, early 80s at that point, and things were really hopping in terms of the art world at that time in the city. There was a lot really going on, and it was sort of, you know, sort of emanating out towards, um, towards uh, Rutgers in New Brunswick.
2: Yeah.
0: So, um, so and also i did receive from them a uh, very nice financial aid package so but i was torn between you know returning to tyler versus like going to to rutgers mm-hmm. so i sat in the parking lot at tyler to to, it was sort of like, you know, it was like, you know, sort of flip the coin, do, do the I Ching to try to determine which direction I really wanted to go. And I probably was there for maybe about two hours just pondering what, which direction. And then, and then something finally just like, like pushed me uh, and I decided that Rutgers was really where I wanted to go. Mm-hmm. And I've never regretted that choice. I felt wow. like that was that was the choice to make. That was the right choice for me to make at the time. And, um, you know, the artists that were teaching at that time um, <clears throat> were, um, you know, artists, all artists from New York who were very much involved with the scene and you know very active in their in their in their in their work and, and they brought that energy mm-hmm. to the studios and yeah
1: i can't imagine what that what that was like yeah so it must have been a very interesting
2: time it was
0: it really was yeah mhm yeah so
2: so w- w- can you recall what your first like print ever was
0: back then i can i can it was just, I, my very first print ever was when I was a sophomore in college. And it, it was a printmaking class taught by this teacher who was really a painter and didn't have really any idea about printmaking. <laughs> <laughs> I recall him... Nice. Yeah, I recall him <laughs> just, like, talking about it, like, at, at one of our first classes. And then after that i was you know if i needed to do anything there was a uh, there was there was an, uh, another student who was you know he was like a year he was like a year older and he knew something about it so he you know, sort of gave me. Yeah, so- Rutgers
1: hasn't changed that much. It sounds
0: like. <laughs> well, well, well. But the, the, I'm actually, but I'm, what I'm actually referring. No, I'm actually referring to the my undergraduate like um, program out in. Out in Minnesota. See, oh, okay, see that's okay. what I'm referring to. No, 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 no. Um, no, my um, printmaking instructor um, during my time was was Judith Judith Brodsky, who um, uh, is you know sort of became uh, like a mentor for me. And of course, she she did go on to found the Brodsky Center for uh, uh, printmaking and papermaking, which. Uh, uh, really set. She really went on to set a really high bar standard for uh, professional uh, printing, and and I, in fact, I was actually hired for a short period of time to be one of the printers uh, at the center, but that didn't quite work out act- accordingly. So, but it was okay. It was all right. You know, I got an opportunity. Judith was good to me um and i always i always think i always think think well of judith she was a good woman and she of course she is she still she is still with us to this day so if she ever hears this hello <laughs> judith
1: <laughs> <laughs> there we go
0: <laughs> so so what,
1: what what was your uh first print
0: oh it was this it was this um Chair. It was this chair in my my dorm room. <laughs> that I had, this old broken down chair that I made this little little etching of. It was just. It was. It was. I don't know. I, I don't know where it is at this point in time. It's it's lost and it's lost. But you know. But I love printmaking. And then what what really ultimately like got me into printmaking was the next uh, semester they had a uh, an actual a really a real printmaking instructor who knew printmaking really right. well. And he came in and he really charged us up and really got us excited. And, you know, he was really dynamic himself and he was trying to, you know, he was he was in the early years of his career and he was, um, you know, submitting uh, prints to national print competitions and being accepted and winning awards. And so we kind of all wanted to be Kind of like him, and so we all really, you know, um, Mm. really gravitated into printmaking, and then, and then I was able to um, like sort of I was able to plan out my uh, later programs with art to focus in on printmaking and primarily do what was what's called intaglio. Which is the process of working with a metal plate and acid. So. Yeah, I
2: was gonna say. So, like, what, what did you start with? Because, like, you know, printmaking is really broad. It's not right. just like right. screen printing. There's like, you right. Know, right. You know, right. the uh, the roller drums. You know, there's the right. metal. You know, right. Right. plates. There's also, I mean, right. wood. Even, you right. know, what, right. what did you start with?
0: Um, I started with um, the. I started with the metal plate, or what, we, what they would call intaglio, as, okay. as the as the Intaglio? Intaglio, right. Often people will say intaglio, which is okay, but technically after spending a year in Rome, I learned that it's intaglio, you have to like sort of roll the the GL, the GL I gets rolled as a yo. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) So, you know, intaglio was my first love in printmaking. And I spent, you know, a number of years, um, you know, perfecting my craft and technique and Mm -hmm. my uh, imagery.
2: what was that process like?
0: Um, labor intensive, seriously labor intensive. you know the and my plates began to get larger and larger. So by the time I was into my graduate work at Rutgers, I was doing plates that were two feet by three feet, and I was doing I was doing imagery that looked like outer space, but had you know I called it inner space. And what I was doing is taking all these uh little consumer commodity objects and making them look like 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 flying vehicles okay and and then began to become more and more detailed detailed detail to the point it was almost like it would take me almost like 6 months to finish this a drawing on one of my plates and 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 You know, but you know, I yeah, it was it was just um, yeah, I got (laughs) I got so involved, Um, but and and then sort of that 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 was like my last my last print was like sort of like that, but um, uh, I and then from there um, like I I felt like I reached sort of the end of the line with doing my intaglio plate work, and um, you know. I had been um, uh, intrigued by lithography, which is um, uh, another main uh, area of printmaking. Lithography is essentially the art of making prints on a flat surface, uh, specifically uh, a stone or a metal plate. In lithography, they have these limestones that are maybe about like two or three inches thick. They might weigh a couple hundred pounds, but they have to be perfectly smooth and perfectly flat in order to be able to go through the press and withstand the pressure and not break. Wow. And to get the... Like a
1: gravestone
0: or something? Like... Uh, um, oh,
1: I don't know. That's like the first
0: thing that came to my head. <laughs> no, no, I not guess not. Quite these, because these these. I mean, they, they well, they actually could serve as gravestones because they they, they, they to, have to, they to to. they are they are of of a, of a of a of a certain thickness. Okay, and they are very smooth. And and you know, I suppose you you could do some engraving with them and things like that. But um, the uh, but the surface is, if you look at the surface of a lithographic stone under a powerful microscope, what you will see is is it has little <clears throat> nooks and crannies, sort of like a little hills and valleys. You can't tell when you run your hand over the surface, it feels perfectly smooth. But when you look closely, you'll see that There's these little ups and little ridges. Um, The lithography is, is the printmaking process that can most adapt to your particular drawing style. Like, if you really like to draw in a highly detailed fashion, lithography is the medium for you. However learning the process of lithography takes a serious amount of time it's it is mm. probably the printmaking process that requires the most uh, amount of time to learn the process uh, in order to print lithographs it it's you know it's yeah, by far the most labor intensive. The others, other part, other printmaking processes are labor intensive. Lithography is double labor intensive.
1: <laughs> so, that, so that's what that's what you got into.
0: So I got into lithography then, really, like like seriously for, I don't know, somewhere around about eight or ten years, and and and. Pretty much mastered the process, you know, to the to the point where I like I could have gone on to be a master printer uh, for the medium, but I decided that I didn't really want to be a master printer. I, I really want to stay focused on my work as an artist. Mm. You know, because
2: it seems like <clears throat> you kind of came close to mastering both.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean I did. I I did. I was able to, you know, you know, master the the process and and of course the like especially when it gets when it comes to like 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 it's not you know, it's not too difficult when you're just doing black and white, but when you're starting to do multiple colors and then colors that have a certain amount of transparent base in them uh, you, there's 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 a number of technical matters that you have to be aware of and fluent in handling in order to really be able to print. And I was able to, you know, master those, that, that, that process. But um, I just knew that being a master printer was, in the end, not what I really wanted to do. I mean, there's, there's, uh, uh, there's the University of New Mexico in Albuquerque, Uh, And that's where, um, like, if you want to be a master printer in lithography, that's where you go to train. And it's a two-year program there. It's called the uh, Tamarin Institute for Lithography. Um, Only two years? Very intense two years. Very intense. They they really put the 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 students uh, through um, a rigorous program there in order to finally become a master printer. Wow, Uh, that's very interesting. Yeah. So um, so I mean, when you know, often you know, be referred to as the master printer, and you know, it's it's it is kind of it is a nice title i i have to admit but um in in terms of like like you know and i guess because okay i've been doing this for a number of years you know i'll 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 accept it but you know there are others out there who you know by virtue of their personal experience as as a printer and you know who they have worked with as artists who are you know
1: true uh, true
0: master printers mm-hmm. yeah 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 so so i always i always acknowledge that i always recognize that as you know it's like you know i mean yeah it would have been but no i just knew i wanted to continue to, to be an artist mm-hmm. so
2: and w- what did you take on after <sighs>
0: Well, after that, yeah, oh, yeah. after the after uh, lithography, then I um, I did focus on screen printing for a period of time mm-hmm. and made um, uh, a series of prints which I entitled the Rainbow Squadron. So, like if. You know, often people will say, oh, who's Rainbow Squadron? And they'll say, oh, that's Steve McKenzie. It's like, how did that happen? Well, it happened by way of this this, um, summer program in Canada that I attended in the late 70s. And I was in the middle of earning my first master's degree at the state university. And I met the uh, teacher for this program who was a Tamarind-trained master printer, and he had printed for uh, a shop in um, at the University of South Florida in Tampa Bay, and he'd printed for a number of major uh, well-known artists. <clears throat> and um, so, and I... I You know, when I talked with him, it sounded very exciting what was going on there. So I um, drove up um, and spent the summer. And that's when I really fully learned lithography. But I also learned about screen printing Mm. and really loved screen printing. And for the next five or six years in addition to lithography, I would I would also do screen printing and I created this little series of prints called the Rainbow Squadron and I sort of would use them as sort of a, um, a way of, you know, a narrative for my personal life and, um, you know, and this was really before, you know, the rainbow became the pride symbol that it is today and, but at that point in time it was more about the idea of you know, all of the colors playing together. is what it really amounts to it basically, it was about cute little airplanes having fun. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's what it was
0: really, when you boil it down, <laughs> yeah, cute little airplanes. But they were, and but they turned out to be, um, they turned out to be um, somewhat commercially successful because for a period of time, I, I when I would travel and I would show these prints. People would go like, oh, and then they say, how much? And so, I've you know, sort of like,
1: there you go. <laughs> yeah,
0: I've I I financed my my travels by uh, selling my prints for a period of time. Yeah. Wow, so
2: screen printing is quite the process. I mean, we we kind of all know. We we yeah. we've done a lot of screen prints actually yeah. at the newer print shop. Yeah, like most of our shirts. Right. All most of our Saturday shirts. Yeah. Yeah. I think what I love most about it as well, is like, did you mention, is, like, the process. Like, it's just to get that one thing, you know, like, it could be one letter. But, you know, you really have to work to get that (laughs) from, like,
0: yeah, you know,
2: coding your screens, you know, getting a screen, period, you know, like, you know, exposing it to light, you know, and then it it, it might not work. You know, sometimes it might not. You know, so it's like you have to, and you have to worry about mesh count. You have to worry about so much. But it's like I don't know, but I just love it. Yeah. Like even when I do mess up, yeah. I just love that you yeah. know I, I, I made this. Yeah. You know, there's something about it.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that, that's you know it's it, it, it that's always inherent in any any process in essence. But I think you know as far as you know talking about screen printing and and all of the 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 ways that you know you can sort of i don't know (laughs) screw up if you will but yet at the same time it's still about like that experience of 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 trying and doing and learning and growing from it and 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 having fun with it as well right because that's what you know and and so I, I think right now for me screen printing really most embodies like um like printmaking that that's fun to do you know mm-hmm. it, yeah it, it requires some work but it's it's not as intense as the other printmaking oh no it doesn't yeah, no, the no. other no. techniques you know <laughs> yeah. I, um you know so uh, you know plus you know you you you're you're always working with color, you know, you have to, you know, so that, that's, that's, um, that's fun to be doing that, and, um, you know, the, uh, the prints that I ultimately made, um, they uh, were, you know, by the end, by the, the last, the last screen print, like, that I did in my Rainbow Squadron series, ended up to be, uh, a print that um, had 55 different colors and i made a an addition i turned i ended up having an addition of of i started with 75 sheets of paper and I ended up with 55 prints and and so i still have to this day you know uh, a number of these prints left from from your last Sort of like, the, yeah. There's, wow. but I still, have, yeah, got a, got a few more left that that, you know, maybe at some point I'll be able to show. I mean, I, it would be fun to show. It would be fun to have a have a show of just the series of the prints, you know, which, you know, maybe at some future point. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So. And mm-hmm.
1: and how did you end up at the print shop? Yeah, like how did that come about?
0: Uh, how did that? Okay, that came about.
1: Well, if if you don't know, if for the people out there who don't know what the print shop is, can you explain what it is for, first? Yeah,
0: okay. So um, the Newark the Newark Print Shop is um, a, a, a grassroots organization uh, founded by Lisa Conrad, um, who uh, turned her personal studio at five eighty five Broad Street into a little printmaking shop. And um, it began by... Um, she obtained a, uh, a grant of money to conduct a uh, uh, a program, a Saturday program for high school students in the shop. And um, when other artists... Began to see what was going on. They wanted to um, participate Mm. uh, and and join in and making prints. And um, she was she had also um, gone to visit the uh, the Newark Public Library, and the Newark Public Library has a storied history. Of collecting prints that goes back to the uh, founder of the museum, John Cotton Dana, who, wow, I didn't know that. Who, yeah, um, the founder of the Newark Museum, John Cotton Dana, was originally the a librarian here in Newark, and um, and he was um, a man of. Ex- extremely eclectic uh, interests and like he liked everything and if you had a collection that you wanted to give to the library he would take it like (laughs) and so um, along with just collecting collections he began to collect prints and you know the so the library became this huge repository of uh, prints. Mm. And so when Lisa was visiting um, uh, w- William Dane at the time, who was the, um, the S- special collections uh, uh, director, um, she learned that there would once been um, what they call a print club here in Newark. So she decided to um, <clears throat> do a print club for the shop and chose Wednesday nights. And probably it was maybe the third or fourth week that you know she was having this Wednesday night print club. And I got wind of it kind of through the grapevine decided to check it out and, um, Wednesday nights at the museum for me had been um, the night when I would have my uh, own classes uh, that I would have to uh, oversee but um, on this particular uh, spring uh, series None of the Wednesday night classes ran, so um, I thought, well, maybe this is my opportunity to just go and check out the uh, her shop. So <laughs> when I walked in, <laughs> here's this here's this uh, like little, tiny little little printmaking studio with a little press, and she's got this. Little uh, thermofax machine that she's using to uh, make um, uh, f- photo positives for screen printing, and there's a, like there's kind of like a little buzz going on with uh, some of the uh, uh, young artists of Newark, you know, <laughs> there. And so I just sort of fell in love with like the shop and um, well the proprietress
1: and then you never left
0: <laughs> <laughs> and I just thought well you know I think I could I think I'd like to be a part of th- this This. This. I think I'd like to be a part of what's happening here and it just mm-hmm. began to then come on Wednesday nights and it was fun to just come and, and make my art and do some monoprints and um, just kind of help out a little bit and then um and then one evening uh lisa asked me if i'd be interested in you know showing some of my personal work so i i brought in my portfolio and you know um, showed a a a group of artists uh, you know my early work from my um from my days as when I was uh, like what I would call my a traveling itinerant artist, um, you know, back in my Minnesota days, going up to Canada because I was like, that's where, you know, I really, you know, learned my process and that's where I really created a, a, a whole body of work that ultimately is what got me into my graduate programs and et cetera, et cetera. So, but, you know, it, it, it opened, it opened some eyes, it opened some eyes for people when they saw my work, so... Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's how I became involved with the Newark Print Shop initially, and then after uh, the fire, <clears throat> uh, then and which you know pushed all the artists out and closed the Index Art Center and you know shut down the print shop. Um, Lisa asked me if I'd be uh, you know be hel- willing to help her find a new space, so I said, yeah. And so, over the course of the next uh, couple of months in the summer of 2013, uh, we looked at a variety of spaces until the day we looked at uh, this space at 304 University um, above what we used to be called Skippers, which is, has been now transformed into like Cuisine 304. It was Sweet 304, but. Um, in any case, we uh, she felt like this was the space to to land, and so we signed the lease and uh, wow. began the the build out uh, of the space, and uh, and then we opened uh, like February. It was like February first of two thousand and fourteen, and we were there for three years. Uh, conducting uh, print clubs uh, every Wednesday night uh, there and then and then from there we went to um, uh, Express Newark where we were there for the next two years and then from there we went back we, we returned now to 304 University so that's why I uh-huh. often say we're back to the future. To the future. Yep, <laughs> yep. And I like it. I like it. I like being back at three hundred four. Oh, oh. I really do. It's Why it's is a, that? it's just a it's just a really cozy little space where yeah. I can hang out and. Uh, In the mornings, just drink my coffee and water my plants and catch up (laughs) on my social media and (laughs) chill and then decide, okay, time to make some art. (laughs) Or go out and do jobs.
1: (laughs) (laughs) What would you say is is your uh, favorite part about what you do?
0: Oh, boy. Um, hmm.
1: Like, what about printing makes you wake up and enjoy it so much
0: i think i think it's always kind of the the surprise that that comes with each with each time i do a new print and i i take i i i'm i i print it for the first time and i think that's sort of the thrill and the energy and the adrenaline for me is that that oh wow okay Let's do this some more. Let's try this again. So, um, I think you know, therein, therein really lies the, the 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 true excitement for me for being for being a printmaker. And 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 you know, it's like uh, you know, it's it's always about like okay, so let's see what do i want to make a print of next uh how am i going to do this and and then and then it's about going about like figuring out how to do that you know and and i and i love i love that process as well the creative process of how to how to take an image and 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 make it a print how to make it uh, how to make it an etching or how to make it a lithograph or how to make it a silk screen or a woodcut um you know i've I have a—I did a 10-year a series of woodcuts, and—oh, um, um, and then I—did I, f- I forget to mention that—oh, by the way, I do like to make prints on a relatively large scale, that— um,
2: um, you got a lot of like those 55, 50... I was going to say, so those giant screens, screens are yeah. yours?
0: Well, they are mine, but but we are we are talking actually a little larger work um, by virtue of using what's called a steamroller. Ah, um, I, th- I think I've seen the
2: photos of you yeah, on that. Yeah, <laughs> that was,
0: Um, I bought my first steamroller in, like, 1987 and made my first steamroller prints that summer and um, uh, just decided that um, the idea, the idea, the genesis for this was when... I was watching paving crews and I was watching the rollers as they were, you know, flattening the asphalt and it just hit me like a bolt of lightning. Mm. These are presses and the cool thing about them is that you can drive them. (laughs) (laughs) You know, because with printmaking, you know, it's always been about the fact that you've got you have to have these presses, and they, you know, they're kind of sacred, and they they stand in the middle. And but you, you can't. But printmaking is generally done in a studio, and with the use of a large industrial piece of equipment like a roller, well, you can make a print any size you want. You know, there's no you know there's no restrictions here. Often. Often printmakers are restricted by the size of the press or the size of whatever it is they want to work on. Mm -hmm. But when you have uh, your own roller, you can make them any size you want. So my first print with my first roller was a a two-part, print one part was canvas and that was forty feet and the other part was paper and that was sixty feet. So in essence I made a hundred foot long print for my first steamroller print. (laughs) Oh my God. Where do you put that? Uh, <laughs> rolled up in the storage closet <laughs> dang you know but i did have i did have the opportunity to uh exhibit the 60 uh, foot paper print um it was actually at a winery um oh, wow. on and um over like sort of by um Along the river, along the Delaware River, there's a, a winery. Um,
1: I thought you were going to say Italy. Italy, <laughs> 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 <laughs>
0: yeah, that'd be nice too. <laughs> but um, in any case, um, wow. so that was that. That was uh, my my first roller, um, and I for the next ten years I would go to this. Um, it was it was a little it was sort of this little used to be kind of this little place sort of a summer visiting spot for various people they had these little cottages it was it was called camp rest a it was located on the perky uh river in out out near Pottstown, pennsylvania and i had a friend an artist friend that i that you know we were collaborative um, in terms of what we did together but I would go there I would take my my one my two weeks I when I was working I was working at um, this co- I was working at, at a corporation called Merrill, Pinch, Merrill Lynch Pierce Fenner and Smith I was working in the mail room uh, I got two weeks vacation and I would spend one week of that vacation out there making my prints. Mm. So, um and it was it was, you know, and it would be like a production where I'd spend the week getting ready, getting the ink ready, laying out all the material and then hoping that for the day of the print it wouldn't rain. <laughs> 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 and sometimes it did. Sometimes it did rain. In fact, yeah, sometimes. But that's okay. I ended up making some some, some really great work, mm-hmm. and uh, oh, man. someday I want to show it. Uh, yes, say, I'd love to see it. Yeah, man. the what, I, what happened was that I began to... I actually began to reduce the size of my work down to about like a... Um, size that would probably be about 12, 15 feet high by about 7 feet wide. And I began to go in a figurative direction. Um, Initially, the figures looked robotic because I was taking pieces of cardboard, a la Robert Rauschenberg, my art godfather, by the way, Robert Rauschenberg. And I was cutting, I was just sort of taking them and laying them out and then inking them up and then placing a sheet of canvas over and then rolling with my roller. So I did that a couple of of years before then beginning to think about a little more determined with regards to the imagery like I began to cut cut them into more shapes so that they became, we'll say, a little more organic in their appearance. Okay, so so that took me up another level in terms of my the development of my imagery, um, and so you know that that I was able to evolve the work um, to uh, another level, and then um, now. From there, I stopped making prints for a period of time using my roller and then um, learned one day that the roller that I I thought I had stored, I had it it stored in this barn. Um, I didn't go back for about two or three years, and then when I finally decided to go back again, I called the owner of the place to say, hey, I'm coming down to do some work with my role and he said um it's not here anymore oh shit that rat he he, he and his (laughs) his buddies he and his he and his (laughs) He and his uh, <laughs> flea market buddies thought they could make a little bit of a killing oh, by by, <laughs> by 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 selling the roller for scrap.
1: Oh my God! What's his name? We're gonna
0: go. Yeah, for- <laughs> <laughs> well, he's gone to the other Whoa. side. He's transitioned. Jeez. But um, yeah. Oh, I, that's not good I, news. <laughs> you know, I, Thanks, Walter, my buddy, <laughs> my pal. Well,
1: where where could people uh, see some of your work and hope that we can see it in person?
0: Well, at the moment, I don't really have it out in public anywhere, and I've also been somewhat derelict in in in. Developing an online presence, which wouldn't be a bad idea one of these days to finally have, like, my own website. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I, you know, so that I really do need to, like, address, like, soon. (laughs) Uh, I mean, how many years have I, you know, has this been, you know, it's like, so. Um, But... You know, probably where you might find s- some things about my large printmaking Yeah, or you th- if you have anything coming up or um, Well, as a matter of fact, I do have um, um, a show that I'm participating in with uh, four other artists. Um, uh An an artist who's been involved with the Index Arts Center, Colleen Gutwine, a photographer, um, is now managing this gallery out in uh, Easton. And she's invited myself and four other artists from Newark for like sort of her debut uh, show. Oh, nice. Yeah, her debut show. So um, I'll be showing... Um, a number of my works at the gallery. It'll be opening sometime in, like, the middle of June. I think it's uh, June 21st or 2nd, somewhere in that area. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah. So, but it's, it is out in Easton, so it's a it's yeah. a truck. You know, it's not, it, it's, it's not, not like around the corner down by, you know, um, a pharaoh or... Yeah. Um, or index, but uh, anyway, so there's, so, you know. There you go. Yeah, Yeah. so.
1: Well, I want to say, like, from the Saturday team, the print shop has pulled us through a lot of situations, and we've used that space (laughs) a whole lot. We definitely got our money's worth out of that space, so thank you to you for always helping us out, and, you know, the print club always being there for us. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, there's a
2: great family there.
0: Hey, my pleasure. Yeah. Welcome. Welcome, guys. Yeah. So, you know. We
1: love that space.
0: Yeah, so, yeah, we're still continuing to rock the print club, so come on yeah. by again whenever you guys got some more projects to do. Yep, so,
1: we'll be there. Yeah. And, and for so. everyone out there, it's still Wednesdays, Wednesday nights.
0: Yep, still Wednesday nights, 6 to 10, and it's 10 bucks for everything.
1: At uh, and what's the address? Three hundred four
0: University Avenue.
2: There you go. Yeah. right across from um, Essex County. Yeah, right? yeah,
0: yeah, right across. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. Do you have any like um, you know, final words for anyone that may want to get into like printmaking or like, you know, anyone that just can wants to maybe come down to the shop and just you know hasn't really like felt that. Well, they're ready.
0: Uh, d- don't don't be afraid. Just come on down to the shop uh, just come on in just you know bring your gizmo with you and we'll 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 help you get started with you know whatever project you got in mind usually people always have some kind of uh, you know t-shirt project that they want to uh, you know do so mm-hmm. um, you know come on by I you know it's like You know, and I'd say, you know, the, I guess, you know, if, you know, if you want to ultimately, you know, pursue printmaking, hey, I'll be happy to act as a kind of mentor or guide or teacher for, for, um, you know, for whatever you want to, whatever you want to do.
1: There you go. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, we, and we highly recommend it too. So Absolutely. everyone, make sure you stop yeah. by the print shop, yeah. check it out, make yeah. make something.
0: Yeah, it's it's, really, it's a lot of fun. Yeah, it's really it's really all about the community. The thing that I, I think I want to just finally like leave with you guys, which is, is like, is is that I always like to say, um, printmaking puts the unity. In community. (laughs) (laughs) Now you can kind of use that for everything else, of course, but... I like uh, just for some reason it just like popped into my brain one day and it's like, ah, oh, <laughs> printmaking, unity and community. J- that's, that's, yeah, that's, there you go. There's a <laughs> lot <laughs> to be said about that. There's <laughs> a lot to be said. Jeez. Yeah. You made that yourself? <gasps> I don't know. I, I'm so sure I'm going to take a lot of credit, but I'll just say, hey, it just popped into my brain one day. <laughs> yeah. So, hey. (laughs) Love
1: it. There you go. Uh, Steve, thank you so much for doing this. And it was a a lot of information we said here in the last hour. Yeah. yeah, It was really cool hearing your story. And, and, you know, we've seen you so many times at the print shop. And it's cool to hear, you know, your background on everything. Yeah, firsthand. Yeah. So thanks for coming along. Sure.
0: Sure. It's been a pleasure, guys. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for uh, having me, being part of your uh, program
1: thank you Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. and for everyone out there uh make sure you leave a comment make sure you uh like subscribe on everything uh itunes spotify and let us know what you think and uh make sure you tell your friends too. share this uh show with everyone you know that you think would like this and uh again steve thank you and uh my name is A bar. Okay. and we'll see you next next time enjoy your day and shout out to burn you